Hey everyone, it's Ashley. And it's Mark. Welcome to Conversations in Courage. Each week we will talk about a range of topics, from race, to our school systems, to the state of our nation, to fear, and of course, to courage. Everything that lights us up and pisses us off. Absolutely. Welcome to our podcast. Welcome to our home. We are so excited to get started. You know, you may hear the dishwasher running or the cats meowing, but we wouldn't have it any other way. Let's get going. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. So we were going to take a bye week, as they say, um, this week with the holiday and, you know, there's there's just so much going on, COVID numbers and, you know, our political landscape is as divisive as ever. Um, but something happened on Friday that we were really just having a conversation about that I wanted to, I wanted to share with you guys because I feel like the lesson in there is something that I'm always talking about in some capacity. Of course, the dog gets up and, and starts to drink, <laughs> drink water, water now yeah. as soon as we, you know, Why we've not? just been sitting here for two hours. Um, so let me tee this up. I'm not going to use names or anything because it's not about the person. It's about the overall sort of story. So um, I'm assuming if you listen to this podcast, you probably by now have some connection to either Mark or myself, and maybe have some connection to the Courage Campaign. If you don't have any connection to the Courage Campaign, um, I'll just tell you right now, we are, we are a nonprofit, and our main goal at this very moment is to teach school-aged children how to have more agency. And we do that through a combination of movement, journaling, and discussion. We also work with adults in the capacity of, you know, movement and journaling workshops, but we've also started to get into some DEI work, um, which when I say adults, that, that has been tech companies, that's been startup companies, that's been um, teachers, it's been educators. And we hope to continue both pieces of that work. Um, so we had this meeting on Friday um, with someone who um, mm. is a sort of like, <laughs> Allie, are you okay? <laughs> okay. Um, this is this is what happens when you're an old lady. Um, so we had this meeting with someone on Friday who is supposed to be um, a pretty, pretty much like a rock star in like, you know, sort of like upper level fundraising philanthropy, which is an area that we haven't um, we haven't necessarily gotten into yet, just because we are still in startup mode. There's a lot of pieces. There's like. You know, we, we've just become a nonprofit over the summer and formulating a board and, and getting all of those, those things going. So it's quite possible that we should not have had this conversation so soon, but, you know, we have to figure out a fundraising plan during COVID because 
um, schools, families, children are suffering and we need to be able to get as many resources as we can to, you know, the people who need them. So this conversation was supposed to be about fundraising and sort of how to do that in the time of COVID and, and getting advice from this person who was generously donating their time to us. Here's where it went sideways. And Mark, please feel free to hop in at any point. Um, the conversation sort of turned into um, everything that we were doing wrong, in my opinion. Things that we hadn't done, hadn't looked into, didn't have finished yet. Um, and I felt this energy from this person who happened to be a white woman that was like very, very, um, very much of like what we call microaggressions. And if you're unfamiliar with that, I'm going to ask you to Google it. But also if you've been doing anti-racist work, you should be familiar with exactly what that is. But I felt, um, I felt that this person was, um, just like giving off like bad juju. And it was an experience that Mark and I have never had in talking about the Courage Campaign to anyone over the last two years, even before it was a nonprofit, um, back when it was like a 12-week personal development program. Like we have never had a negative experience in talking about our company, in pitching our company, in... Uh, having people participate in any way, it's just, it just hasn't happened. So at number one, it surprised the hell out of me that um, I felt my heart rate rising, that I felt myself um, feeling like I was playing defense in talking about my own company. And, and it was, it was a disastrous hour for me. Um, I, I felt like, am I a failure? Have I been doing this wrong? Have I been, um, has my creative process been for nothing? Like, is my creative process a shit sandwich? Um, you know, what does this mean about, you know, the people who are following me on Instagram? Like, have I let people down? Have I let schools down? Am I not working hard enough? Am I not working long enough? Am I not asking the right questions? Have I not pulled the right people in? you know, what, what did I do for this woman to be on the other side of the screen um, in a completely sort of unhelpful, in my opinion, capacity? And I have spent literally the last three days unpacking this meeting, thinking about it, talking about it. What could I have done? What could I be doing better? What could she have done better? What, you know, just asking myself, right, when I say lead from a place of curiosity, I, I really, I mean it, right? I don't, I don't just sort of say these things and put them out into the ether. I live them. Questions are the way I learn. Asking other people questions, asking myself questions. And so I've spent, I've spent all weekend asking questions, writing down things, trying to clear my head, trying to clear space so I can, so I can come up with what I was supposed to learn. 
Do you want to say anything? Okay. I just want to make sure. And so I want to share that this takeaway with you guys because, well, I'll just speak and you'll know where I'm going because I know that, I know that you'll see how this shows up in your own life and it will make sense. So there were a couple of things. One, like I said, we probably weren't ready for that call because when we start formally fundraising, we're not going to be at this sort of like high level um, sort of philanthropy thing, right? This, there's a reason why it's startup. There's, there's, um, you know, there's a reason why we're we're just learning and and we're formulating, um, we're formulating our board and we're formulating our advisors and we're formulating our team of support and volunteers. Like, you know, I I have never thought. Oh, well, you know, January 2021, I'm going to go out and ask someone rich for a million dollars. Like that was not my intention, right? So number one, we could have waited a little bit to have like a high level fundraising conversation. The second thing, we could have um, sought someone out. Well, okay, this person was a recommendation through a friend, so this meeting probably would never have happened if we didn't have this other connection. So let me just say that. But in hindsight, we probably would have done better talking to someone who specializes in sort of startup fundraising because it's a different kind of energy. There's still a lot of creativity. There are a lot of questions. A a lot is going on. And I think it would have benefited us to talk to someone who is used to harnessing this sort of beast, so to speak. The third thing is that we gave this person too much power. She may have expertise, right? And undoubtedly she does because this is, this is her full-time job is fundraising, um, which I believe is a skill. Um, but her expertise does not negate our expertise. It does not negate the work that we've put in. It does not negate um, you know, the, the results that we've been able to cultivate so far. Um, and, and that's largely from the support of all of you, right? So her expertise, um, does not hold all of the power in the dynamic. The other thing is that when I started to feel, um, like, this person was being a little bit aggressive, I let that change my demeanor. I got defensive, right? And I didn't, um, thankfully, because of all my acting training, I didn't show that, right? That didn't come up, but I could feel it in my body. I could feel things starting to tighten up. I could feel my heart rate going up. I could feel, you know, like my, my fist closing and my jaw tightening, and I could feel the attitude. The Courage Campaign is my life. It's my light. And, and I allowed this person, and I'm using those words because no one can make you do anything, right? I was in choice and I allowed this person to bring out darkness that should never exist when I'm talking about something that has already done so much good and that will continue to do so much good. In hindsight, 
I could have. And this is where this is this is the part where I think you guys are going to totally relate. In hindsight, I had three choices. One, I could have taken a deep breath, reset in the moment, in real time, and started over. The second thing, I could have thanked her for her time and ejected from the call. I could have absolutely said, you know what, thank you so much. I don't think this is the time for us to have this conversation. I would love to revisit in the future if you're open to it, right? The third thing is that I could have called her out, right? Respectfully, of course, but I could have said, hey, you know, I feel this, this, and this, and this is the energy that I'm getting from you, and this is kind of how it's making me feel, and, you know, I just wanted to put that out there because, you know, I'm having these feelings, and it's, it's, it's a level of discomfort that, you know, I, I shouldn't have right now, right? I didn't do any of those things. I froze. I made the choice to do nothing. And this is what's important to me um, because this lesson keeps coming up for me. And I know that you all know of me as someone who is outspoken and someone who doesn't let stuff go and and someone who continues to be a leader and I'm telling you that I froze I didn't know what to do because oftentimes when I sense that the power dynamic is not in my favor right I am young I'm black I am in the position of, you know, supposedly needing her expertise. I don't come from wealth. I don't make a lot of money. You're female. I'm female. She is too. But, right, white female versus black female. Mm-hmm. Um, when I sense the, the power dynamic to be against me, sometimes I'm ha- I have this out-of-body experience that that causes me to freeze and it feels so shameful because it's not who I am. This was similar to an experience that I had on Newberry street. If you're not from Boston, it's like, you know, it's just, it's a street that's lined with stores, some high end, some not, but it's like a shopping destination, right? I feel like every major city has right. Something like that. I never told this story um, publicly, but I was, I had just gotten my hair done. This was what, a month or two ago? Yeah. Um, I was waiting for Mark to pick me up and I was wearing my t-shirt that has the exonerated five on them, formerly known as the Central Park Five. And this white man came up to me and Asked me like who the who the names were on the shirt. Number one, I told him. This person also didn't have a mask on. Older white man. And he began to tell me about the damage that black protesters were doing. That they were ruining 
businesses businesses on Newberry Street that people had to board up their businesses basically because of people who look like me. He also said that George Floyd deserved what he got because do I know what it's like to try to arrest someone who's resisting? And then he also said, you know, how much George Floyd's family got, right? And I said, well, is money justice? And I think that those were the only words that I said to him because I was fucking stunned that this older white man would come out of nowhere. I mean, guys, I was sitting on the sidewalk on my phone waiting for Mark. He came up out of nowhere. I was totally thrown off guard, shocked at what he was saying, shocked that he would say it to me, a person of color. And then he just walked away. And I was so stunned that I had not said anything. That I went against who I say I am, which is someone who speaks up. And I think the reason why I wanted to do this pod today was one, because I think you guys always hear me ranting and raving and screaming and rallying against something or another. And I think that these moments are important because I am that person who is ranting and raving and screaming and rallying more often than not, but I'm also this person too. And I also am trying to navigate what it's like to be black in a really, really white city, white state, what it's like to be black in a state that claims it's liberal, but is not always liberal in practice, truly liberal. And because I want you to know, I want you to think about the lessons for you that continue to come up, the things that present themselves to you over and over again in different forms, right? What that man did on Newberry Street was basically what that meeting was on Friday. They were the same lesson. There's something that is incomplete for me. There's something that is still trying to figure out what the other piece of my voice is, right? We all have a story to tell. We all have something to bring to the table. And I truly believe that most of it is unrealized, that we never tap into all of the things that make us special and unique. We, we don't always tap into our superpowers. And I'm very much interested in fully knowing who I am. And sometimes it looks like this. It's confusing and it's, it has some element of shame or guilt. But I guess here's what 
here's what I want you to take away with. Take away with that. What kind that of works? Absolutely. I went to public school. <laughs> I think in moments of discomfort, ask yourself why you're uncomfortable. What, what's coming up for you, right? What are you, what are you feeling and why? Sit with that, right? Um, because once you know that, you can, you can take action from that place, right? Knowing why. The other thing is that while I think that this meeting was total trash and I never want to talk to this person again, my work is about not finding fault It's about finding the truth and finding the lesson. I'm not blaming that woman for my bad experience. It was a bad experience. Objectively, I didn't have a good experience. But the truth is that it wasn't about that meeting. It was about something within me that's still not speaking up or that's still not finding a way to set a boundary that I need to set. Do you know what I mean? And the other thing is you can't you can't teach what you haven't learned yet yourself. And the internet right now is so so noisy. So noisy. And we're all trying to cut through that noise in some way or another. And maybe if you're not very active on Instagram, maybe you're trying to cut through that noise in other ways, right? Maybe at work, maybe through email, maybe through um, mom groups or friend groups. Like we're always trying to say something or get our opinion in there or, you know, and and I wonder how much of that is useful. As in, how much do you... How much do you speak versus how much do you listen and allow and learn? And I'm not saying that this is going to make me quiet. I'm not saying that, right, I'm about to, you know, close my internet account or like, that's not the thing. The thing is like, the thing is like, what are the pieces before I go out on the internet and before, right, I say what I want to say? What are the pieces that I'm still learning? What does that look like? And and how does that inform how I teach, how I speak, how I interact with kids, how I interact with administrators and educators? I think to be in this place of curiosity is the only way we're going to solve these major problems that we're trying to solve both socially and within ourselves. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I think um, I think the importance of that point is if you know, if you continue to look to how others have done it before, you'll continue to get the same exact results, right? That seems super obvious, but I think so often people fall into that trap, right? They look to experts, they look to books, they look to um, 
other cases to see what's happened before. And to your point, what exists in all of those are lessons, but they're lessons that should just be used to inform what not to do in some cases. Yeah. Right? And, and I think as long as you and people don't lose the essence of the why behind it and the passion that drives it, um, you know, shame doesn't have a place. It's, right. it's really easy to, you know, whether it's imposter syndrome or whatever it is, we all feel that shame, um, whether they're exactly in the situation that you were in or, you know, just being in a, in a super, you know, less um, challenging situation, whether it's in a family. I'm going to keep the peace. But we all know how that goes, right? right? And, um, yeah, I think you need to continue to, to trust in yourself and understand that the path that you're that's been successful for you can continue to be the path that makes a unique and differentiated space in this world absolutely um, to drive change and i believe that to be true right my my uh i guess thing i hate when people say my thing is but I say it sometimes. <laughs> um, I guess my thing is, is we all lose sight of our strengths sometimes, right? We all have moments of darkness. We all have moments of questioning. And then how do you lessen those? Or how do you make them have sort of less of, a, less of an impact on your spirit, right? Um, yeah. 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 Um, have a safe Thanksgiving, if that's what you celebrate, have a safe week, whether you're celebrating, not celebrating. Um, I hope you enjoy this totally different, totally different episode. Um, yeah. Have a great week. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye.